that Illinois stuff down. How's everybody doing this morning? Awake? <laughs> you guys can move up. You we didn't, had I mean, earlier, we so don't bite too much. Yeah. How did that go? Yeah. Did you have fun? Oh yeah. This guy was at Stan Lee's breakfast this morning. They had really good sausage at <laughs> <laughs> All right. So these you don't have to be right on top of. Okay. There we go. All right. We got about ten minutes. We oh, hang out. Sounds good. Or if you want to start early and give the folks who showed up early and. I will wait for you. Yeah. Start early. Start early. Give us more. Give us more. Reward the people are here early. There you go, right? And the people come in, they're like, wait, are we late? No, we just. No, no, no. We just. If you're not here on time. That's right. It's my rule, right? Everybody have a full schedule today? Yes. What are you guys going to do? Panels, photo ops? All the above? What are you guys doing? What, what's some of the stuff that you're excited about today? The first answer is this panel that you're here for right now. <laughs> that's, yeah. I started talking about password now. I, I think the password actually, is. I might actually be at the script reading. I might actually. I think, I think you're in there. I think I might actually be in there. But, you know, look, as you wish. It's up to you. <laughs> that's right. It's up to you. Right. I was talking to Jack. Actually, I just found out about that last night. Yeah. Yeah, they, they just, they kind of go, okay, who showed up and whose flights didn't get delayed? All right. Here. Let's let's get everybody at the table. You never know. Have you done one of those before? No, I have no idea. It'll be fun. Really. Yeah, they'll just give you the script, and you guys just. I think I will just do it as yeah. uh, as Prince Eric or something. Or yeah. Bring, you know. Or, I think they usually like say, "All right, so and so does it as this voice, and so and so." Yeah. Yeah. But you just. They have like, like. In the voice of Daffy Duck. Right. Yeah. Pull stuff out of your your uh, your yeah. magic bag. Last year, last year we had uh, Bill Farmer who does Goofy, yeah. and so you know there was. Uh, I think it was was last year's script reading. It was Ghostbusters. We had we had uh, we had Goofy as the voice of uh, was it Ray? Ray or It was either Ray or Venkman. Which yeah. Uh 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 oh. I don't know. Well, the the voice of Gurr that's uh, that's uh, that's Ricky Simons. Um, but the oh, why can't I remember? Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings. Gosh, Man's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. They, they did a, a, a reading from from Star Wars, and they had Winnie the Pooh as the Dark Lord of the Sith. That's awesome. Reading of Star Wars, and they're like, okay, you're reading, you're reading Darth Vader, and you're Winnie the Pooh, and you're also the Lieutenant, and he's Darth Vader, and so he's like doing back and forth. I, that'd be fun. I'd like to play a villain and just be the sweetest Prince Eric voice, you know? And yeah. Do it. Do it. That'd be fun. Count Rugen, Six Fingered Man. Just, just put a stake on it. Just put a stake on it. Be like, okay, guys, I'm gonna. Hey, if everybody's cool with it, I just, I mean, look, somebody else really wants it. I just, I just thought. I do, you know, Pulp Fiction is Prince Eric. That'd be really fun. <laughs> I just imagine. Well, what do they call a cheeseburger? <laughs> look at the big brain on Brad. So what else are folks uh, going to? What are you excited about? What's, your, what's the hi you know, highlight of your day? Again, other than what you're in this room for. Star Trek continues. Star Trek continues. John Berriman. John Berriman. You, you, you know John Berriman's rule, right? I can touch you. You can't touch me. If that's okay with you. <laughs> and if you give him permission, you've given him permission. 
I might be doing that one. I'm waiting to know how. Why don't we just buddy, buddy up? Couple of things. Just, just look. Just look. I, I get lonely, man. <laughs> we could we could we could write our own script and pitch it. No. 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 We're here to have fun, not work. Well, I'm not saying that we have to star in it. All right, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. I don't know. Um, Curtis Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong. Somebody somebody said, oh, you remind me of Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. And I'm like, that's a gigantic compliment to me, honestly. I don't know if you meant it as I look weird. But two dollars. One of the one of the one of the best actors of his generation. He was here last year. Should we start? Yeah, we're, fi we're five minutes early. We can go ahead and start. Hey, and again, you can you can move up if you want. We really don't bite. I, I wasn't kidding. Um, but uh, let's let's uh, let's get a round of applause. Start off the day of Fan Expo Dallas Saturday for Mr. Christopher Daniel Barnes. Uh, a lot of us a lot of us know him for various different things. Uh, a lot of us know him as various voices of Spider-Man in various media. Uh, I know him as the voice of Prince Eric from the first movie I saw in a movie theater, The Little Mermaid. Uh, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I was I was relentlessly you know compared to him by every girl my age <laughs> like all like all guys were I, I'm curious as to what you were a fan of when you were a kid what captured your imagination what were you obsessed with comics movies yeah. whatever what, what, what was your thing what were you into I, I loved comic books I think uh, uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange were my favorites by the hoary host of Hogarth <laughs> yeah, indeed yeah exactly um, I loved mythology as a kid uh, I was a big uh, J.R.R. Tolkien fan I remember um, I, I would go to the comic book store I loved collecting comics and I, Dan actually was doing Spider-Man at the time. This was in the early 80s, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And so I would uh, listen uh, to you know, the cartoons and I would, I would read the comics. And uh, I would go to the comic book store and the guy knew me because I would show up and you, I mean, you all know this, you know, you go there and you, you go, okay, look, I don't want the comic that's on the rack. Like I want a comic that's been held in the bag, like the one you haven't released. And you go through, you find the perfect, pristine comic, and you put it in the plastic thing, and you seal it, and then then you buy the one to read. You know, that's the there's the collectible <laughs> one, and then there's the one you the read. ones the one you get Cheeto dust on. <laughs> that's right. So I was doing that when I was a kid, and, and then uh, a huge J.R.R. Tolkien fan actually, also. Uh huh. You know, so I, I just love mythology. Look, if, if you're if you're a big Tolkien fan, I've got a, I've got to follow by asking. I mean, do you have a favorite member of the Fellowship? Can you pick just one of the nine? I, I can't. I mean, uh, I you know, actually, also, I'm a huge fan of the Silmarillion, which is yeah. like the Elven Bible. When I remember I got that as a kid, and I was like, what is, you know, this? And, and uh, but yeah, I just love the whole, but I've been a mythology buff, Joseph Campbell, big influence on my, my thinking. So yeah, a lot of mythology as a kid, I loved it. And I think when I was um, called to do uh, the audition for Spider-Man, I think it sort of, uh, uh, that, that was conveyed because when I was doing the audition and even when I ended up doing the show, well, first of all, when they said, you're going to audition for Spider-Man, I was like, are you kidding, Spider-Man? You know, yeah. it was this you, were, you had to recover yeah. from the aneurysm. It was incredible. And, uh, but when I was doing the audition and then the show, you know, I would, in my mind, I would see the panels, you know, from the comics because I'd read it so much as a kid and, you know, his, you know, his body language and all these things. And, and I think that sort of fed into the performance. So uh, I think that that obviously was conveyed in some way because when, you know, I got the job and it, it, it all worked out, but yeah, just a huge fan of, 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 of the mythos and the, 
sort of the gravitas of the coming of age hero. I mean, Spider Man is the coming of age hero. Yeah. That that's his thing. I am the coming of age hero, and uh, so to be a part of that was just a huge honor. So how did you like seamless from my childhood to my? How adult. did you find the voice of Peter Parker? How how did you how did you form it in your mind once you once you recovered from the shock? You know, it it really was the process of. Well, first of all, I was you know what twenty two or something when I did. So I was I was right in that perfect, you know, age bracket <coughs> to do the role. But also growing up with the character, so I would, I would literally close my eyes and and see the panels and see the comics and 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 just imagine that and visualize that. And and it, when they would be doing things, I'd be reading the scripts, and it would say, you know, Spider Man will be doing this or doing that, you know, activity. And I would think, well, what what does he look like when he's doing that? Oh. I remember. He looks like that. And so I would sort of, that would inform as an actor. Because they, they talk about acting as a very physical thing. You sort of, you find the body language and then the performance comes out. Mm -hmm. It was very much like that in voiceover acting, except you're not, not moving. It's all in your head. So I'd be, you know, having this fantasy in my brain of like, you know, this, he's doing this pose and this thing. And I would remember that from growing up reading the comics. And then that sort of translated into the performance. So. Now, I mentioned uh, right at the beginning, you, you've not just played Peter Parker's Spider-Man, you've also done Miguel O'Hara. Yeah, I did 2099, I did Shattered Dimensions and Edge of Time, which was great, Spider-Man Noir. Um, and uh, it's funny, I, I, I uh, was called to do Spider-Man 1. They said, well, we want you to do Spider-Man. And I said, well, you know, guys, I'm you know in my late 30s, it's a little odd to be doing Spider-Man, isn't it? I mean, I'm honored, are you kidding? But, you know, how is that going to work? They said, well, you know, Spider-Man Noir is, is a different take on that. I was like, okay, okay, I don't, I don't know why. And they said, well, you know, he's sort of an older, sort of darker, you know, more, you know kind of bitter, you know, misanthropic Spider-Man. And I went, so he's me. <laughs> so, oh, and that's why you want to hire me. I got it. So I did Noir, and then um, I did both the, the games. And then uh, Ultimate Spider-Man on XD. Um, I did uh, Wolf Spider. I, I ended up doing a lot of villains, which was curious. I did Electro. And then I did a Wolf Spider, and I did Spider Knight, which was sort of the Shakespearean, you know. Spider-Man is very fun. So yeah, I, I, I've done a whole range of the Spider-Man. And it's kind of funny because I think it was, some people, they get involved in the mythology and it's sort of they're one and done. They're sort of in and then they're gone. And you can always tell, especially the fans, because, you know, people, you know, hold their opinions back on the internet. You know, everybody's very restrained. Yeah, everyone, very yeah, polite. Very polite. Right? And, you know. and if they don't let, I mean, Woo! Right? If people don't like you, they will let you know. And I, I, you know, I was nervous, like, oh my God, should I look at any of the reviews? Or, and I found that the overwhelming response was very positive. It was a huge honor to me that that my Spider-Man was received very well, you know. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. There's a lot of positive feedback. And um, and I, I, I really credit that to being a fan of the mythology myself. And I think that people who have been involved in the project, if it was just a job to them, yeah, people feel that. They don't, you know, the fans feel that, and you know, I, I felt it. And so, being a being an actual fan of the mythology, you really put yourself into it, and because you love it, the fans feel you love it, and it kind of forms this awesome gel. You know, you, it, it's yeah. this great relationship. And uh, so, I think that's kind of why I've been involved in other parts of the Spider-Man universe. <laughs> you know, they're like, well, that guy really digs it, and well, let's have him do. We this don't have role. to explain all of this right. to him. And, it's just, and the fans kind of like him too. Yeah. So that's been a huge honor. You know, and I'm really looking forward to Tom Holland. And, uh, oh yeah, because I think he's awesome. And from what I've seen, everybody's seen that new trailer, right? He just looks great. He's he's so Spider-Man. He's just fantastic. So and, you know, and other Spider-Mans I haven't felt that way about. You know, but I think he's going to be yeah. great. The other guys, they were okay, but this guy, well, he so just it's it, this guy. He's like the kid who leaps off the page. Yeah, and again, it's a coming-of-age story. 
You know, it's like it's like a, the Marvel universe is like Shakespeare, right? You can start doing Shakespeare at a young age, and then you can do it all the way until you're in your 90s. There's a character everywhere, and the Marvel universe is like it's our new mythology. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't read Bullfinch's mythology anymore, and a few people are reading like the Aeneid and the Odyssey, or you know, the Ramayana or the Mahabharata. Well, they're probably not reading the right translations. Well, you know, but I mean, like these are like, the great epics of the past, and most people don't aren't into that. Some of, some of us might be because we're those people, right? But a lot of people aren't, and so the the modern mythology is Marvel and DC and and all of that. I mean, I was amazed. I went and saw, you know, Man of Steel. And I was sitting in the theater. Well, first I saw the Batman. And I was watching and I was like, am I the only one noticing all the French Revolution references? With like... Yeah, whole, like I'm expecting to see I the Les Miserables like, barricades. Right. Am I like, am I the only one who's saying? And then I went and saw Man of Steel and I was like, is it just me or are the Jesus references kind of like... Everywhere. 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 And, I was, and then I showed it, I was like, oh, it's not just me. But again, it's that new mythology of, you know, sort of explaining things. And Joe's very Joseph Campbell-esque. I love it. Well, on, uh, on Shattered Dimensions, was it Brian Bendis or Dan Slott who worked on that? One of the comics writers worked on that. Did, did you get to interact with any of those guys that they brought over from publishing? Not really. No, I mean, maybe very briefly. But again, most of my time was in the booth with, uh, um, uh, with Josh. Well, let's 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 talk about the the time in the booth on a game, and that that's that's different than on say an animated feature, that sort of a thing. You've got this sure. again, you know, you've got this Ramayana size script. Uh, you know how 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 does your stamina have to hold up on on something like that where you have so many lines of dialogue to deal with? You know, it just depends. Um, uh, some games, because they have the divergent storylines. I did a game many many years ago called uh, uh, Return to Crondor, which was this. Epic. I mean, it was like, I was there for four days, just like for like 12 hours a day. I couldn't Jeez. speak afterwards because you know, there were so many different, you know, variables and path lines. But you just, I don't know, you just green tea and honey, and right? And you just sort of pace yourself and you go through and you always do the, uh, you always do the, the grunting and the screaming at, la at the end because your voice is gone. Yeah, you know, so you do the, the seventeen variations the of the, I've been uh, punched. Right, exactly. That's why you get very good at that. You can always tell the new guys or the new. Uh, uh, they they go full bore on the first two. Right, right. Or they don't know like the difference between the gut punch and the chest kick. <laughs> very different sets. You know, they're like I know, you know. So uh, yeah, you got to pace yourself for sure. Well, uh, not not everybody gets into VO the same way. Everybody has a different origin story. You you were you were doing uh, a fair amount of, of on camera stuff, but I'm curious about what even led to that. What what made you want to pursue a performing arts, a creative life? You know, was was it a teacher? Was it an experience you had as a kid? It was uh, living in New York, and uh, sort of quite accidentally, um, uh, my mother was on a we were on a bus taking a bus somewhere, <coughs> and. Um, my mother struck up a conversation with a casting director and you know I was eight years old at the time and it was just sort of those hey you should bring your kid in to, so you know we all went in my, my, my siblings and, and then I, I went in and I just you know started doing commercials and print work and you know that kind of thing and it sort of snowballed from there and I was eight years old at the time and uh, I just did a bunch of jobs and then I eventually did a series called Starman which brought continuation me to, of the movie yeah which brought me to Los Angeles in, in 1986 and uh, I was you know 14 and um, and I just stayed there I did a series called Day by Day after that and then it, it just sort of snowballed from there and uh, yeah so that's how I got into now, it now at 14 had you seen the original Starman movie oh, yeah. before doing the show it was uh, actually the original Starman movie was it may have been one of the first dates I ever went on with a, like a date with a girl you know and I was like you know <laughs> 12, 13, you know, something yeah. like that. 
and you know, <laughs> Johnny Date, <laughs> you know, <laughs> super sweet. <laughs> you know, I was just a kid. You know? And a couple of years later, you're walking into an audition. You're like, oh yeah, I took a girl to this. Yeah, it yeah. was it was very it was funny to to then become part of that you know story. Well, now, I could play Starman now. It's actually I'm older now than I than Bob was playing Starman in the series. That would actually be fascinating to me. And people, you know, companies are looking to reboot things all the time. So get on social that. media. <laughs> <All right. laughs> tell Sony, let them know they have an active license that they can make use of. I saw Bob the other day at a, at a convention, and I said, Bob, you realize I'm older now than you are, than you were when we did the show. It's just bizarre, you know. And sometimes I have a, at the booth, I have the pictures of Prince Eric and whatnot, and uh, there's this you know wonderful sort of iconic. Uh, image of Prince Eric, and uh, what I've done is I've taken the sharpie and I've I've drawn a beard on him, and I've taken silver with some gray, you know, and then I say, "Well, it's King Eric now." <laughs> well, you 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 mentioned Prince Eric, so I'm I'm uh, I'm curious about the story of how how the Little Mermaid became part of your world, as it were. Yeah, um, I was doing a television series called uh, Day by Day, mm -hmm. and uh, I just got the audition, so I went in, and uh, I think. Um, it was in, God, it must have been 87. So, yeah, I, mean, I was doing day by day. So I was 15 when I did the job. And I just went in, and I didn't know anything. But I was 15. I was doing a television so show. So I, I was kind of that, you know, the sort of the young, cocky print. You know, it was just easy to sort of convey that energy, the, the confident sort of young guy. And uh, instead of the misanthrope that I had become. But uh, <laughs> at the time, it was, it was just another audition. It was wonderful. And uh, I went in, and... and this was at a time, this was before the Disney, like, explosion. So, before Little Mermaid, there was, like, you know, The Great Mouse Detective, which was a great movie. Love it. Um, but it didn't make $300 million. You know, and then there was, like, Rescuers Down Under. So, Disney was going through this sort of, this sort of ebb, this sort of downtime. And, uh, and Little Mermaid came on the scene, and it, it was, like, a bazillion dollars that it made. And it, it launched that whole new wave mm. of film. So, just to be a part of that is just... Amazing. I mean, that's this, this again. It's like Spider-Man. These these mythical, iconic things. You know, to be a part of is and Greg Brady. <laughs> it's, it's just, oh, we're gonna get there. It's just a huge honor to, to be a part of that. So yeah. You know, you 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 were part of that first wave of of Disney exploding, and you know, Prince Eric has popped back up in things like games. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it is it something that uh, that you find yourself just slipping back into that skin when they're like, hey, we need we need Prince Eric. Telling people to wake up uh, with an alarm clock or something. Yeah, like I've that. done things like that, and uh, it's it's wonderful, and and it's great to sort of to, to to have been the first one to participate in that in that character, and then to watch it sort of evolve, and to go to Disney and see the guys playing Prince Eric, and 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 to to sort of you know pass the torch and watch the the new generation of of princes and Spider Men, and yeah. you know sort of doing their thing, and you think, well, you know, you're you you're just you were the avatar of the moment. So to speak, you know, you were sort of embodying that character at at the time, and then to sort of see other people take on that role in different ways and different times and bring new meaning to the character, that that's cool, and that, that's a great thing to to be part of. Have you found yourself at the Disney parks, you know, taking a picture with the guy? And you're like, hey, it's me and me. <laughs> yeah, 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 little things like that. Yeah, it's funny. We, my, my wife and I, we joke about stuff like that. We'll go to the parks and and we'll have those moments. Yeah. So, Greg Brady. Greg Brady. Greg Brady. <laughs> Big franchise event that we had in the 90s yeah. of, uh, of, of reviving that whole thing. When <laughs> did, that, did that come to you as, as an audition, as an offer? Uh, everything, I think, I think everything's come to me as an audition. I mean, I'm not, I was never the guy that just got the, 
job offers, and well, we're going to package this deal, and you know, you're going to be part. You know, who would be perfect for Greg Brady. Yeah, exactly. Was, this guy. It was. Uh, I, I never reached that level. What is it? The five stages of Hollywood. Uh, who is Chris Barnes? Get me Chris Barnes. Get me a Chris Barnes type. Get me a young Chris Barnes. Who is Chris Barnes? <laughs> that, that's the stages of fame, right? I never got quite to get me. You know, I, I I sort of attained the the lowest rung on the ladder of celebrity. Like I could see celebrity in the distance, right? But I I was never like a big star or anything. I was just kind of a working guy. Um, but that's okay. That's more than a lot of people. Yeah. Hey, attained. work work so is I, good, I man. Did some great roles, and it was you know I was I was a huge uh, it was a huge honor to do that. Um, but I never really you know attained that like celebrity you know status. But well, that's okay. Um, so I, I think I feel like I've always been very, just sort of, you know, grounded in reality of I was just kind of a blue collar actor, you know what I mean, just doing my thing, and I was able to be a part of some really awesome iconic roles. Um, so it's again, it's just kind of an honor to be a part of any of it, and just audition away, and I did my thing, and you know, there it is. <laughs> I've got one more for you. We're going to get questions from you guys and try to get to everybody. Shouldn't have a problem. We got plenty of time, and people have questions. Yes. Start thinking about them now. Like I said, I've only got one left, and then it's up to you. And I, please save me. Uh, so, going into VO acting, how do you feel like the the work that you had done before that point helped inform how that job works? You know, not everybody knows the nuts and bolts of things. I know that you know group recording sessions for animation were much more prevalent. Oh, yeah. uh, you know. 20 years ago than they are now. Uh, you know, how, how did you get prepared for that line of work by the on-camera stuff? Um, well, the on-camera stuff doesn't really prepare you for voiceover. It, it, it doesn't. In fact, uh, when I was doing Spider-Man, um, there were a lot of big celebrities came in to do, you know, Spider-Man uh, cameos. And uh, it, it, it's a different beast. Voiceover is a different beast. And so it was kind of funny to watch some of these big celebrities I don't really know how to navigate voiceover acting. It's a different, it's a different creature. Um, but uh, we did Spider-Man like an old radio show, so it was like we were in the you know, 1930s. Who, who was your voice director on that? It, uh, it was um, Tony. Uh, Tony. God, I want to say it was um, Rivi. Tony. I can't remember Tony's last name. But yeah, also, I think I think also did the X-Men series. Yes. And yeah. and yep. the other the like other everything at that time. All all of the Fox animated stuff. Yep. Yeah, and John Semper was a writer and, yes. and producer. Um, but uh, Tony was very funny. He would say things like, this is not a line reading. This is not a line reading. And then he would say it, say it just like this, but it's not a line reading. Because actors are very sensitive yeah. to like, don't tell me how to I'm say I'm going to define line. a line reading yeah, and then like, say uh, that's not what this is. There are all kinds of funny stories about, uh, don't tell me how to do it. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, I, yeah. I think I went to Juilliard. And uh, so, you know, so directors will go out of their way to say it's not a line reading. But my attitude was just, no, just help me. Tell me how you want me help to say me. it. Say, give, give me a rope, please. <laughs> so, um, but we did it like an old radio show. And uh, um, it was incredible because we'd all be in the booth together. And uh, every, that's not, you know, it's not always like that. Um, although I was, when I was doing Ultimate Spider-Man recently, I was in the booth and I was doing Electro. I played Electro in, in Ultimate Spider-Man. And there's this great you know, scene where Electro's going in this tirade. This, I mean, he's, he's monologuing about he's going to take over the world and the whole thing. And so um, I'm in the booth and you know, we're all there together. And uh, you know, Drake Bell is you know, there and, and, and uh, Augie, I think, was there. And um, I'm doing my thing and I'm, I'm going into this whole like, I'm going to take over the world, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And I got the best compliment I've ever gotten from another actor. Because you know, we're sitting there, we're standing there with our booths in our, you know, with our little screens and uh, you know, the script on there. And uh, I finished this whole you know, monologue about how I'm going to take over the world and destroy everything. And one of the guys looks over and he just goes, 
everything okay at home, man? <laughs> I was like, nailed it. <laughs> I'm just doing the job, man. Isn't great? So I, I thought that was a great comment. Let's get some questions for you guys out here, right right here in the in the TARDIS shirt. How different was it, like, doing different mannerisms for, like, Spider-Man? Like, how 29-9 Spider-Man does, like, shock? Like, how, how, how physical do you get in the booth? Yeah, you know, you do. Um, you have to get into the physicality of it because that really informs the voice. And it's funny if you just stand just doing nothing and you try to do a voice, any voice, record yourself. You won't notice it when you're doing it, but record yourself just standing or sitting and do a voice and then do it again in some sort of pose. You may not be able to hear the difference, but if you play it back, you'll be like, oh my God, I totally hear the difference because your, your brain sort of responds to that kind of physicality. Um, I learned that <laughs> when I was doing Spider-Man, in the, in the beginning, um, we would go to the booth and they'd set up the mic and the engineer comes in and you know, adjusts the mic and your stand with your script on it. And uh, we'd start recording and then there would be this problem every, every few minutes and there, he's off mic. Okay, they, what's going on? So the engineer would come in, check the mic, I'm standing there, everything's fine. And this went on for about you know, 25 minutes when we first started Spider-Man. And then suddenly somebody realized, when I was talking as Peter Parker, I was standing normally. I was doing this, you know, Peter Parker. But when I would do Spider-Man, you know, this thing happened, and so I would go off mic. The mic's here. You go into you go into a left yeah, right, right, stance. And, and, and of course, my eyes are closed half the time, so I was memorize the dialogue and then I'd act it out in my head. You know, and uh, and so somebody finally realized that, and so then they, from for years afterwards for the whole show, they'd be like, and Peter Parker and Spidey's dance, Spidey's dance, and Peter Parker's dance. So <laughs> you did, yeah, it was just the mic. <laughs> I had to like, split the difference. Right over here. Oh, I just want to ask um, a favor. Um, my five-year-old, she's a huge fan of Spider-Man. And I was wondering if I put her on the phone, could you just say hi to her in the Spider-Man world? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can do that. We yeah, can yeah, we can, do, we can do that at the table. He'll be at his table all yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, if, if, if we can do that at the table afterward, oh. just so that we can... It's just like two seconds, uh, that's all. Just say good morning, and then she'll be good. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, no sure. Okay. Gloria? Gloria, Gloria, get up. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> hey, Gloria, I got Spider-Man for you. Hi, Gloria. This is Spider-Man, wishing you a good morning. Good morning, Spider-Man. Good morning. Be sure to drink your orange juice and take your vitamins. Okay. Well, I, I saw the Joker on the phone. She saw the Joker. I cannot see it on the phone. The Joker is here, I think. Yeah, the Joker, the Joker is elsewhere. I just tell that you're web-slinging. And I'm web-slinging away. Good seeing you. Talking to you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, sure. We've got to. Uh, we've got. We've Orange got some juice and vitamins. I don't have kids. I don't yeah, tell them. Just, just default to the Mr. T you know, ethos of. <laughs> you know, drink your milk. Do your vitamins. Right here in the command uniform. Is that Riker? Do you fan cast your own roles when they no, go you know live what? action? I, I wouldn't. I have no idea on the second question. I have no idea, but that would be incredible. I mean, to see that, you know, live action. Um, I, I don't know. There's a lot of talented guys out there that could do a great job. So did you, did you get a stare down from Barry? Uh, Barry, yeah, on the first, uh, it was actually the first day of shooting, I believe. 
So this is when we did the first film, that when we were doing the scene of didn't you ever have a dream, to, you know, that whole thing. And uh, yeah, he was there and he was, he, we did this like back-to-back -back photo, which I think, you know, was in some promo. And I said, any, any advice, man? And he was like, just have fun with it, man. You know, just, just have a good time with it. And because it was an affectionate satire, the Brady Bunch was an affectionate satire. We were we were mocking, but we were we were lovingly mocking uh, the the franchise. And uh, so he said, you know, just go with it, have fun with it, and, and and everything was a little bigger, you know, because it was great. So everything just was a little wow, you know. And so it, it it made it it made it fun. There was somebody way back in the back. No, I don't know. Everybody asks me that. I, I wish I had control over that. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be like, beep, I hit the magic button. And yeah, guys, I brought my DVD burner with me. Here you go. Uh, you know, I, I know. I've seen uh, pirated copies. I've seen all kinds of stuff. Uh, um, Was, was, was I that, suppose I could, but I mean, you know, was, they all live on Mars, happily ever after. Was that, was that pretty much the, the end of it? I mean, were there plans to do more, hope well, to do more? I think that we did, I think, what, 65 episodes of the show? Yeah, 65 is pretty good. And the thing was, um, we were number one when they canceled us, and I believe there was a lot of politics involved between, like, Marvel and Fox and executive producers. I think there was a lot of turmoil, yeah. because you don't cancel a number one show. I mean, it was, you know, so I think there was just a lot of stuff going on. Thank you for doing it, though. Well, thank you for watching it. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. yeah man. On the Spider-Man animated series, you got to work with a lot of powerhouses, from Rob to Jim, uh, Roscoe Lee Brown. Yeah. You also uh, did some work with Mark. Yeah. The Hobgoblin. That was great. Uh, who was your favorite uh, person to work with? in the villain department because a lot of times Spider-Man and, and oh, yeah. the villain of the of the episode had a lot of back and forth. Oh, without question it was Mark. Without he was a, he was a nut. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. Did he did he just, you know, jump right into talking comics with you? Yeah, well, you know, he he was, he was a reserve of course to me it was Luke Skywalker. You know. So, I mean, I, and I saw him and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I realized oh, I had to work. I had to be serious like I'm being professional. I was like, "No, I'm not." You know. And uh I mean, you know, Mark Hamm was So um, uh, we got in the booth together, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to do my Spider-Man thing. And then all of a sudden, like, the veins popping out of his head, and he's like, happy trails. I mean, you know, and I was like, this guy's nuts. And, you know, he's sweating. And, and I was like, okay, i got to bring my A game. So, of course, then that made me all, you know, ramped up, and it, it was great. It was like a very awesome dynamic of Hobgoblin. Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, I think, are my favorite heroes, and I think uh, I think because Spider-Man is a sort of coming-of-age story, he's always in conflict. I mean, a lot of characters are in conflict, but you know, Spider-Man's always in conflict. Even in the whole like Civil War um, comic books, the whole story arc, he's in conflict the most. And uh, so yeah, I love that character, and uh, and Doctor Strange is because he's well, the master master of magic and you know all that alternate reality stuff. So. More questions right here in the front. Work with a group of people and 
Yeah, do, yeah. You, do you like that radio theater kind I of do, atmosphere? I loved it. And um, it, it's a little odd because you can't step on each other's dialogue. So you're actually saying your lines cleanly. So you don't, no one's, you know, because you have to edit it together. But you get that feedback of, of hearing uh, the performance of the other actors. Um, so I prefer that just because, again, it's like an old radio show and everybody can really get into it. Even if there are these odd pauses, um, it, you really get it steeped in it, in the experience of it. So it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. You had one earlier. Do we have anybody else with a question before we, we double up on this guy? All right. This Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. up front. You said that you've been a Spider-Man fan pretty much all of your life. Yeah. What you were saying, though. And just out of curiosity, from your own connection, who is your favorite villain in that world? Do you have a favorite Spider-Man villain? You know, I think, okay, so playing the villains, I've always loved, like, playing sort of the old. So, like, I loved playing Electro. Playing him because he was sort of this thuggy kind of you know chip on his shoulder guy. I, I love that. But in terms of like the, I, the the mythology, I would probably have to be like the Venom, I, because Venom is sort of the antithesis. It's the dark suit and it's the subconscious. I mean, it, it's a very like you know you yeah. go to another planet. It ego super ego exactly blah, 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 that whole thing, and then of course it spreads off into carnage. You know, so um, I, I love the concept of of the black suit and then the symbiote and. And how that becomes Venom, and you know the Flash Thompson and the ego taking over, and you know all that mm. stuff. I, I just I love that. So I, I think probably Venom as a as a mythical character would probably my favorite. Cool. Get one over here. You got a favorite Spider-Man girlfriend? Favorite Spider-Man girlfriend? Oh man, controversy <laughs> abounds. Oh, I, okay. So I was at a convention. <laughs> I was doing a convention. I was on a panel, and oh, I felt so terrible. So okay. So in my uh, in the show that that I did uh, the Spider-Man show, there was um, it was basically Mary Jane, right? Uh, Gwen Stacy didn't really exist. They kind of merged with Felicia Hardy and the Black Cat. It was sort of this odd hybrid they kind of did. But uh, Mary Jane, uh, Saratoga Valentine, was the principal love interest on the show. So my whole interaction on the sh uh, in, in, uh, as a, the actor was with the Mary Jane character. Now, of course, I've always loved the, the mythology, but this girl came up to me and she said, you know, Mary Jane or, or Gwen Stacy, you know, who was your favorite? And I said, well, I mean, if I had to choose, I would say Mary Jane because I worked with Mary Jane. Like, that was in my whole world that was dealing with Mary Jane. And I didn't realize there was this whole, like, country. People shouted. Like, people started screaming. Some people were cheering. Setting Some the place on were, fire. It was crazy, right? And then other people were, like, very upset. And the girl, I felt she did this. She went, and of course, I didn't realize after she was dressed as Gwen Stacy. She went. <laughs> and that was it. I just walked out, and I was like, uh, I didn't realize it was this controversy. But anyway, so I leave that to you. You decide who the best is. To me, it was just because I worked with Mary Jane, the character, so much. I didn't really have much interaction with Stacy, but they're both awesome. <laughs> okay, right here, and, and you guys give me an idea for something to close this out with. Go ahead. Um, I really like the symbiotes and the Spider mythology, and I just, I'm. It's not like they haven't had a good showing in the movies. Like Spider-Man Three was overstuffed, like with three different villains, and like the I don't think like I like the performance of the Venom in that movie. Like he mostly had his face showing rather than having the Venom mask on. I think like it's like, sad like they don't have. What do you think? Like, do you think they should? What would you like to see like in a Venom movie if they do finally get to that doing but that? How how do they get Venom <laughs> right? Well, I, I think that, well, first of all, there's a big difference between the, the Venom and the Carnage archetypes. I think they need to make that distinction a little more clearly. But my, my problem with the whole Venom thing is the same problem I have with the dark side in Star Wars. Y you have to make it, y you have to elevate it, it, in my opinion. So, like, you know, Venom, you need to 
explore more what about the symbiote causes transformation. It can't just be like, Bleh! you know, like I'm a scary monster thing. If you make it monstery, it's not as interesting. You have to make it, uh, you have to engage that archetype on a more intellectual level, I think. And I kind of felt that way about like kind of the dark side. Like, why is the dark side so appealing in Star Wars? Like, why is it so irresistible? I mean, well, I mean, you know, it's, I, I know, you know, you can say it's, well, it's, you know, it's, it's Machiavelli, it's Nietzsche, it's Thomas Hobbes, it's, it's Darwin, right? It's, it's free, you know, all these wonderful things. But, you know, it's just like, oh, I have daddy issues or I'm, you know, that's not as interesting, right? I want to see more of like the, the high-minded approach to these archetypes. Uh, like Venom is like, he's in the typical villain. He used to mostly hate Spider-Man. Like he's kind of like, he, they have like in comics called like a lethal protector. Like he, he, he likes people, he likes citizens. He's not... A villain like a triple sense. He just he hates Spider-Man solely because he believes that yeah. he ruined his life. Right. Well, the, I mean, again, it's very it's very yeah. Venom is a very uh, it's a very powerful archetype of the of the ego unrestrained. It can do good things, but it can also lead you down a lot of dark paths. And of course, Spider-Man is you know with power comes responsibility. It's about self-sacrifice. And isn't that really the ultimate difference distinction between the superhero and the supervillain? The superhero is looking out for other people. And the superheroes and the supervillain is looking out for himself. They're both superpower. They will have superpowers, right? But one's looking out for the community and the tribe, and, and the other one's just looking out for himself. And so, I think we, we need to elevate those archetypes to, to really uh, make them more engaging. That, that would be cool. That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> but, yeah. well, to, to close things out on on the subject of these shows, you know, like Fan Expo. You're a fan of uh, of a lot of different things. You mentioned working with Luke Skywalker, oh. and you're like, oh man. Doing these shows, have you had any of those moments where you're suddenly face-to-face you know, -face with Stan Lee or, or, or one of those kinds of things where you're having to control yourself, having yeah. to say, Chris, behave yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm meeting Stan. I mean, Stan Lee is like the art. I mean, you know, he's the god of the Marvel Universe. I mean, this guy created a whole, you know, worlds. So meeting him, and even though I met him when I was doing the show, just meeting him again was just humbling. I mean, look at what he's accomplished. So you have, you have moments like that. And then, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it, 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 I would say that was probably the, the most humbling experience I've had, was meeting Stan again. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming out. You're going to be at your table the rest yeah. of the day. And yeah, be on behalf of, I think, a lot of us here, a lot of us who want this series to be on DVD, for crying out loud, uh -huh. you, you are, like I've said to Kevin Conroy, he is Batman for a few generations of kids now and not-so-kids, I guess you would say. Uh, thank you for giving us a Peter Parker that a lot of us have, uh, have really formed as our multimedia Spider-Man. Well, that's my honor and privilege to be part of the mythology, and um, uh, it's my pleasure. And you can reach me at, I, I'm on Twitter, it's at, at Eric Spider Brady. How funny is that, at Eric Spider Brady. <laughs> Let's hear it one more time for Chris Barnes. Thanks, everybody. Relatively painless. That was great. That was long. Cool. Yeah.